Welcome to Agape Ministries Podcasts, a whole new way of thinking. Episode 50, part two of Father Chris Thomas's talk on the Gospel, a daily guide for your life. I often find myself thinking, you know, let's just do the nice religious things rather than allow our meeting with this risen Lord to change us. I, I, I think often when I'm in that frame of mind, I think often of, of Isaiah and, and, and Amos, you know, who said it's not about the sacrifices. It's not about the bulls that you offer. It's not about the blood you pour out. Can't you see it? It's about how you allow the word, to form you so that you become this people of love and compassion. So that you become like the one that you say you want to meet day in and day out. I, I sort of was thinking about this session and wondering really, you know, what on earth do you say after you've listened to Archie and Drew and Alice what on earth do you say? And so I was playing around with some words and I thought, I would like to call it a plan for daily life. And then Alice spoke this morning and I could have killed her, <laughs> cheerfully. <laughs> because she said everything I wanted to say. It always happens when you're at the end of a conference like this. But what's the plan for daily life that can enable us to be open to becoming Silence. <laughs> Smith Wigglesworth, I, I, Jared and Tony will tell you about the works of Smith Wigglesworth, great Pentecostal minister, but, but he said, you know, that he promised God five minutes a day of silence. And that because of that five minutes a day, God transformed his life. I spend most of my time at conferences like this and at days like this, and in parishes, on, on retreats, and that sort of thing. And you know, I, I often think to myself, what difference do they make? How, how do they energize people? How do they change people? And I've begun to realize that, you know, this is like an infilling, but it's not what happens here that matters. It's what happens when we go home. That's what's important. And so that, you know, the silence that Alice talked about this morning is so necessary if we're going to carry on deepening our journey, deepening our, our intimate relationship with this Christ, being open to that encounter, that meeting. Have a time of prayer every day. Decide you're going to do it now. You know, as Alice said this morning, we're busy people. But we have time to watch Corrie. Well, I do. I do. <laughs> we have time to nip out to the pub. Now, I'm not saying those things are wrong, because they're not. But what I am saying is we need to decide on our priorities. A time of quiet every day. Smith Wigglesworth, five minutes. Who hasn't got five minutes? 
Read the scriptures every day for five minutes. I, Alice said this morning about, you know, um, reading the, the daily readings, that that's a plan to get through the Bible over a three-year period. Read the scriptures. Read the daily readings. Let them speak to you. Let them take you to the place where you can recognize that you're, you're meeting the Lord. So the plan for life is to have some silence every day and to read the scriptures every day. And to allow this word, which is our light for our paths, our lamp for our steps, you know, to allow this word to, to lead us more deeply into a trust relationship with God. To allow this word to confront us with our own smallness and our own greatness. You are beloved. Allow this word to challenge you so that you are always and constantly open to change. Allow this word to let you know that, yes, you live in a finite situation, but you're called to infinity. Allow this word to face you with your inner life, you know, to face you with your, your bitterness and your anger. Don't run away from those things, your ultimate selfishness, because it's when you run away from those things that they can't be transformed. And when they can't be transformed, you can't become love. So don't run away. Let the word take you there. Let the word broaden your horizons so that you begin to, to see how God is at work in the world today, as Archie was sharing with us on, on the first morning. Feels like about six days ago, I don't know about you, but anyway, you know, but let it broaden your horizons. What can this process lead us to? Well, primarily it will deepen our relationship with a living Christ. Primary. I, I, I was speaking at a Life in the Spirit seminar some months ago, and the, the man who introduced me told me that he woke up every day with a desire for God. He said so much so that when he woke up, sometimes the tears would be pouring down his cheeks. How do you desire God that much? <laughs> Let the Word lead you into that deep, intimate relationship. That will lead us to a, an inner freedom, an inner security beyond our wildest dreams. We can and will find love that will take our breath away. We'll know the truth that we are forgiven, redeemed people who can stand in the sight of God as children of God. We can be filled with amazement every moment of every day at the God we meet. The word gospel, I'm told, we translate it as good news, but it was actually a word taken from a culture where war and battles were accepted as the norm. And a gospel was a message of victory that announced a new beginning. Every day when you get up, if you're into this plan for life, if you're spending time, if you're reading the scriptures, if you're praying, every day is a new beginning. Every day. 
And every day you will meet Christ in a new way. Rosemary Horton, who is a, a feminist theologian, don't all cringe, but, you know, she's written some wonderful stuff. And one of the things she says is that when you are into this sort of routine, if you like, of prayer and praying the scriptures, that you enter into a knife edge of experience. Wow. I want to live on a knife edge of experience. But Richard Rohr warns us that outside an experience of this kind of God, this God of love and mercy and compassion, out, outside an experience of this kind of God, most religion will remain merely ritualistic, moralistic, doctrinal, and largely unhappy. We're called to more. We're called to know this Christ who can transform our lives. The Bible wants to draw us into an experience of God that is beyond our finite minds and yet which frees us to see and to believe and hope. Read the scriptures. Pray the scriptures. Reflect on the scriptures. Ask yourself questions like, you know, what is this word telling me about myself? What is this word telling me about the, the, the God that I believe in? Is it drawing more, me more deeply into the reality of God? Is it helping me to see that life can be different than it is now? Is it helping us to know that we can encounter the living God now? Am I being transformed by what I read and reflect on and, and allow to permeate my being? When you begin to ask those sorts of questions, you've got a foothold into what this word of God is about and where it can lead you. So I hope you've had a fantastic weekend. Have you had a fantastic weekend? Yes. I hope I haven't poured cold water on it at the end. But, it, you know, it, it's just this invitation to more. I hope that you have heard the call in so many different ways to go deeper in your relationship with the Lord, to go deeper in your relationship with the communities that you belong to, and that's a hard journey. The Celebrate Core team, as Charles mentioned last night, are looking to try and develop resources that will help us on our journey. Wait for them to come, but don't wait too long. Start now, a few minutes every day. Read the scriptures. Pray. This weekend is, if you like, an oasis where you can drink deeply. But now it's almost time to leave. And tomorrow morning you've got to go to work and get the kids to school and do whatever else it is that you've got to do. Will you allow what has happened here to seep into your daily life? As many of you know, I love stories. And the story I'm going to tell you now is a story that has always challenged me and has always moved me. And I know some of you will have heard it before, but it's about the call to go deeper. It's about the call to discover. It's about the call to meet this risen Christ. It's the story of Tommy. 
Some years ago, I stood watching my university students file into the classroom for our first session in the theology of faith. That was the day I first saw Tommy. My eyes and my mind both blinked. He was combing his long hair, which hung all the way down to his waist. It was the first time I'd ever seen a boy with hair that long. I, I guess it was just coming into fashion then. Now, I know in my mind that it isn't what's on the outside that counts, but what's on the inside. But on that day, I was unprepared, and my emotions flipped. And I immediately filed Tommy under S for strange. Very, very strange. Tommy turned out to be the atheist in residence in my Theology of Faith course. He constantly objected to, smirked at, or whined about the possibility of an unconditionally loving God. We lived with each other in relative peace for one semester, although I admit he was at times a pain in the back pew. <laughs> when he came up at the end of the course to turn in his final exam, he asked in a slightly cynical tone, do you think I'll ever find God? I decided on some shock therapy. No, I said emphatically. Oh, he responded. I thought that was the product you were pushing. I let him get five steps from the classroom door and then called out, Tommy, I don't think you will ever find God, but I'm absolutely certain God will find you. He shrugged a little and left my class and my life. I was a bit disappointed that he'd missed my clever line. Later, I heard that Tommy had graduated, and I was duly grateful. Then a sad report. Tommy had terminal cancer. Before I could search him out, he came to see me. When he walked into my office, his body was badly wasted, and the long hair had all fallen out as a result of chemotherapy. But his eyes were bright, and his voice was firm for the first time, I think. Tommy, I've thought about you so often. I hear you're sick, I blurted out. Yes, I'm very sick. I have cancer in both lungs, he said matter-of-factedly. It's a matter of weeks. Can you talk about it, Tommy? Sure, what would you like to know? What's it like to be only 24 and dying? Well, it could be worse. How could it be worse? Well, like being 50 and having no values or ideals. Like being 50 and thinking the booze seducing women and making money are the real biggies in life. I began to look through my mental filing cabinet under S where I had filed Tom as strange. It seems everybody I try to reject by classification, God sends them back into my life to educate me. But what I really came to see you about, Tom said, is something you said to me on the last day of class. I asked if you thought I'd ever find God and you said no, which surprised me. Then you said, but God will find you. I thought about that a lot, even though my search for God wasn't at all intense at that time. But when the doctor removed a lump from my groin and told me it was malignant, I got very serious about locating God. And when the malignancy spread to my vital organs, I really began banging bloody fists against the bronze doors of heaven. But God didn't come out. In fact, nothing happened. Did you ever try anything for a long time with great effort and with no success? You get psychologically gutted, fed up with trying, and then you quit. Well, one day I woke up, and instead of 
throwing a few more futile appeals over the high brick wall to a God who may or may not be there, I just quit. I decided that I didn't really care about God, about an afterlife, nothing like that. I decided to spend what time I had left doing something far more profitable. I thought about you and your class, and I remembered something else you'd said. The essential sadness is to go through life without loving. It would be almost equally sad to go through life and leave this world without either ever having told those you loved that you had loved them. So I began with the hardest one, my dad. He was reading the newspaper when I approached him. Dad, yes, what, he asked, without lowering the newspaper. Dad, I, I'd like to talk with you. Well, go on, then talk. Uh, uh, Dad, it, it's really important. The newspaper came down three slow inches. What is it? Dad, I love you. I just wanted you to know that. Tommy smiled at me and said with a, an obvious satisfaction as though he felt a warm and secret joy flowing inside of him, Dad dropped the newspaper. Then he did two things I couldn't remember him ever having done before. He cried and he hugged me. We talked all night even though he had to go to work the next morning. It felt so good to be close to my father, to see his tears, to feel his hug, to hear him say that he loved me. It was easier with my mum and my little brother. They cried with me too and we hugged each other and started saying really nice things to each other. We shared the things we'd been keeping secret for so many years. I was only sorry about one thing, that I'd waited so long. Here I was in the shadow of death and I was only just beginning to open up to all those I'd actually been close to. Then, one day, I turned around and God was there. God didn't come to me when I pleaded. I guess I was like an animal trainer holding out a hoop. Come on, jump through. Come on, I'll give you three days, three weeks. I've discovered that God does things in God's own way and in God's own time. But the important thing is that God was there. God found me. You were right. He found me even after I'd stopped looking for him. Tommy, I practically gasped. I think you are saying something very important and much more universal than you realize. To me, at least, you're saying that the surest way to find God is not to make God a private possession, a problem solver, or an instant consolation in time of need, but rather by opening to love. Tom, could I ask you a favor? Would you come into my present Theology of Faith course and tell them what you've just told me? If I told them the same thing, it wouldn't be half as effective as if you were to tell them, whoa, I was ready for you, said Tom. I don't know if I'm ready for your class. Tom, think about it. If and when you're ready, give me a call. In a few days, Tommy did call. He said he was ready for the class, that he wanted to do that for God and for me. So we scheduled a date. The day came, but Tommy never made it. A wonderful story of someone who was open to encounter. Let the next weeks be full of times when Christ can encounter you. Allow the word to illuminate your path. Be open to the meeting. The silence will help you find him standing there before your very eyes. The silence will help you find him in there. The silence will help you find him in the people around you. The word will illuminate your path.
So we go from here with a plan for life. I guess the challenge is how willing we are to respond to the invitation we're given. So let's pray. Loving God, I thank you for all that has happened in this place over these days. I thank you for the ways in which you have reached into our lives. I thank you for the ways in which your word has spoken to us. And as we get ready now to leave this place, I pray, Lord God, that your spirit will be with us in an almost tangible way and that your spirit will sustain us on our journey, that we will have the courage to spend time with you and allow you to do whatever it is you want to do within us, that we will have the courage to read your word and let it be a light for our lives, that we will have the courage to let go of what we need to let go of, that we will have the courage to take up what we need to take up, all so that we can find you more fully and live our lives in the way that you call us to live them, full of love, peace, and joy. So bless us as we leave this place. Give us courage and strength for the journey. Amen. Thank you. So thank you for taking the time to listen to these episodes. Our prayer is that as you listen and reflect on these teachings, that you'll be encouraged to continue your journey, to maximize your potential, to have a good and a happy life. So sign in again next week for more teaching on how you can follow the Jesus way to experience your life as filled with meaning, purpose and joy. So God bless and stay safe.